Hi, and welcome to our show, Forever Paranormal, with your host, Dr. Bill and Ed, where we will discuss such things as cryptids, UFOs, hauntings, angels, unsolved mysteries, government conspiracies and cover-ups, witchcraft, the metaphysical, and more, as well as stories sent in by you, our listeners. If we can connect a paranormal element to it, we'll talk about it. And you may be surprised by what all is connected to the paranormal. Please don't forget to follow, rate, and share the show, since it would not be possible without you, our listeners. And as a public service, we would like to let everyone know that you are truly never alone, even if you think you are. The Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is 988. Just reach out. Hi, Deb. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode, where we are going to discuss something that has been referred to as the Dogman, the Dwayo, Skinwalker, and Werewolf, and many other names around the world. In Michigan, it is the Dogman. In Maryland, the Dwayo. In the Southwest, and by many indigenous tribes, the Skinwalker. In Europe, the werewolf. However, the skinwalker and werewolf may be something entirely different, as they are both said to be shapeshifters going from human form to animal and back to human, and the dogman is not known to be a shapeshifter. The dogman is said to inhabit the same regions as another well-known cryptid called Sasquatch. This is mainly in areas with large sections of wilderness regardless of where you are on the planet. But according to some witness accounts and some cryptozoologists, these two cryptids do not play well together. It is said that the dogman is more on the evil side of the veil. So there have been witnesses to Bigfoot and dogman, quote, not playing well together? Yes, there has been witness accounts of that. But we've also had witness accounts stating that it appeared that the two were working in tandem together. Why would they inhabit the same area if they don't get along? I think that has a lot to do with the food sources in the area. You know, in a lot of wilderness areas, not every part of the wilderness has a lot of game in it, where it all seems to be concentrated to other areas. And they may be together simply because they're sharing a food source. The dogman is typically described as being seven to nine feet tall and usually being bipedal, covered in hair, and resembling a large wolf that walks standing up like a man. It is usually reported to have hands that are similar to ours, but with shorter, broader fingers. Their hind legs are shaped like a dog's, and their feet leave tracks that are sometimes described as being similar to a dog's, only larger and more triangular in shape. The length of the snout varies, and it is said that the ears are short and pointed like a German Shepherd. Most often reported as having red, yellow, or blue eyes. The most famous Dogman legends are the Michigan Dogman, the Beast of Bray Road in Wisconsin, and the Dwayo in Frederick, Maryland. The Michigan Dogman is typically referred to as the Michigan Dogman or the Michigan Werewolf. The creature was first sighted in 1887 in Wexford County, Michigan. However, it is said to have been stalking the area around the Manatee River 
since the days when the Ottawa tribes had lived there. It is described as seven foot tall, bipedal canine-like animal with the torso of a man and the head of a wolf, having blue or amber eyes and a fearsome howl that sounds like a human scream. According to legends, the Michigan Dogman appears in ten-year cycles that fall on years ending in seven. Sightings have been reported in several locations throughout Michigan, primarily in the northwestern quadrant of the Lower Peninsula. Does that mean they are intelligent enough to be aware of time? I do not believe they are intelligent enough to be aware of time, that it's more a case of a natural cycle in time through nature, like a cicada or locust, or maybe a paranormal element to it, where they come from a different universe, and in their universe, 15 minutes to them may be 10 years to us. What do you think they do for 10 years? Um, I believe that they either hibernate or they're from a parallel universe or something to that effect. There's been a lot of research done on the Dogman, and most of it just comes down to seeing folklore and things like that. There's really no hard trace evidence on what they may be doing for that time period. The first alleged encounter of the Michigan Dogman occurred in 1887 in Wexford County when two lumberjacks saw a creature which they described as having a man's body and a dog's head. Well, I thought they had legs like a canine. Are there different species of this cryptid? There could be different species, or it could be that they just didn't report the legs, that they reported the head and the torso, the body, the main body, and not the legs at all. In 1937, in Paris, Michigan, Robert Fortney was allegedly attacked by five wild dogs and said that one of the five walked on two legs. Reports of similar creatures also came in from Allegan County in the 1950s and in Manatee and Cross Village in 1967. In 1961, a night watchman who was patrolling a manufacturing plant in Big Rapids, Michigan, saw a peculiar figure. At first, he thought it was a person until he saw the dog-like features. He pulled his gun and was about to shoot when he remembered his camera and took a picture of the horrific beast instead. That photo has not been yet analyzed by any scientific methods and still remains a mystery. I'm a little skeptical of this because who is going to take a picture before protecting themselves? I agree with you completely. And if you see something like this and it's horrific and you've got a weapon and you're scared, most people are going to shoot in that instance. Mm -hmm. I think it's a case of somebody wanting 15 minutes of fame or possibly he somehow felt extremely safe enough to put his weapon away and take a camera out. And I also find that curious because the creature stood around long enough waiting for that to happen. <laughs> Next, we have the Bray Road Beast. This creature has been called the Beast of Bray Road, the Bray Road Beast, and the Wisconsin Werewolf. The creature was first sighted in 1936 near Elkhorn, a rural community in Walworth County, Wisconsin, and is named for the farm road in which it was first reportedly sighted. Is there a recorded account of what happened? Uh, yes, there actually is an old police report of this dating way back then, and uh, but that's about the only account or report, I should say. 
Then, in the 1980s, several alleged witnesses reported the beast had made contact with their vehicles, leaving long scratch marks on the doors and trunks of the vehicles. One witness stated that she hit something while crossing Bray Road. Upon exiting her vehicle, determined what she had hit. Supposedly, a large wolf-like creature with red eyes chased her back into her car, which left claw marks on the rear passenger door. Though rare, sightings have also been reported during daylight hours, with several witnesses stating they observed an unusual large wolf-like creature running on all fours through the cornfields. Well, wolves, dogs, lots of animals run on all fours. Are there any credible accounts that would raise said suspicion? Unless it was the size of the creature or what's not in this information here is whether the, whether the creature was on two legs before it went to all four or something like that. It's also said that Bigfoot will drop to all fours to move very quickly. It's called a spider crawl mm -hmm. when a Bigfoot does it. Many animal mutilations over the years have also been reported in the area around Bray Road, with animal remains, including deer and livestock, partially eaten with specific organs, usually the hearts, livers, and kidneys being removed from the animal carcasses. It has also been observed on Bray Road late at night eating an animal which had been hit by a car on the side of the road. I've never hunted a day in my life, but isn't it natural for animals to eat other animals like that? Yes, animals eat other animals all the time, but you have to be a conscious thinking animal to know to go for the high proteins and like the liver, the heart, and the kidneys and supposedly the rest of the carcass had remained. So, you know, that, that's something that you have to know to do. Mm -hmm. okay. Sightings of the beast continue today, and this cryptid has been the subject of movies, books, TV shows, and documentaries. The last on our list for this episode is called the Dwayo. It's been called the Dwayo, the Dwayo, and the Hexenwolf by the Pennsylvania Dutch. The first sighting was in 1944, and the first written account of the Dwayo was in a newspaper article in the Frederick News Post on November 27, 1965. It is based on the accounts of a man by the name of John Becker, who in 1944 said he had heard strange noises outside and had gone to his yard to investigate. At first, he thought he saw a big bear, but then he realized it had long black hair and a bushy tail, he said it growled like a wolf or a dog in anger. As he moved closer, the Dwayo reared up on its hind legs and attacked him. Becker fought the creature until it ran into the woods, leaving him, his wife, and his children in horror. He filed a report with the local state police, telling of an attack by a mysterious monster he called the Dwayo. After a short fight, the creature took off into the woods. What made him refer to it as Dwayo? not quite sure where the name Dwayo came from. I couldn't find any backup, but I would assume that it came from the indigenous tribes in the area. A later sighting led to a bunch of news reports over the next few days. Hunters reported seeing the Dwayo coming, roaming the woods, coming from one side to the other. A woman reported that she and her neighbors had heard something cry like a baby, then scream like a woman in the woods for several months. Another woman reported seeing a strange dog-like creature. 
the size of a calf chasing cows on a farm near her. At one point, students at the Frederick County Community College actually organized the Dwayo hunt, and with between 50 and 100 students signing up to track the beast down. These students were one of the few who actually had a reasonable explanation of what a Dwayo might be, a rabbit wolfhound, or a cross between a wolf and a dog. But in the end, the hunt fizzled, apparently because everyone was too scared to go into the woods at night to hunt for it. The sizes in the, these accounts are different from that of John Becker. Could this be two different animals? Yes, it could be two different animals. It could be multiple animals. You hear, you talk about the women screaming, so on and so forth. We lived in the mountains of Maryland. Mm -hmm. And we've heard bobcats, mm -hmm. you know, they're there. We've heard cougars and mountain lions, even though they say they're not there, they're there. Mm -hmm. And they cry like babies and scream like women a lot. And, um, you know, that, that could be part of the account. It could also be a bear that has mange. Black bears that have mange are very odd-looking creatures. You know, I'll try to post one on the website, you know, for people to look at a picture of a black bear with mange. But the most curious thing about this one is, according to records, I can find no record of John Becker in Frederick, Maryland. I could find no police report with that name on it ever filed, or police report of any kind from state police saying that there was this kind of animal observed or seen. So that brings to question, was this creature actually really seen? And then people were jumping on the bandwagon, kind of like the rake, mm -hmm. you know, which we know doesn't exist from episode one, or were they hearing cougars and bobcats screaming and just being scared? Or was a newspaper man just trying to sell papers and make himself famous? What do mm -hmm. you think? Yeah, possible. It's all possible, and it makes you wonder whether this one account here is really true or not. This is the one I'm most suspicious of. Because, like I said, we lived in Maryland a long time. We never heard anything about this. No. You know, you, you were raised there. Mm -hmm. And uh, neither one of us ever heard anything about this. And it seems to be just at the Frederick area, and the folklore is basically stuck at the Frederick area. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't extend to where we were. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. We wouldn't be possible to do it without you. And until next time, when we discuss another tale yet to be told. Thank you for listening, and remember to like and share the show. We would also appreciate a five-star rating wherever possible to help new listeners find the show. We welcome all questions or comments you may have about this or any other episode and our contact information can be found in the show notes of this episode. You can also follow us at foreverparanormal.com. And if you'd like to support us, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash foreverparanormal. The links to these are also in the show notes of this episode. Thank you.